Gator Nation and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for the Lake City Reporter. You know, obviously t- tough loss for us right there. Uh, you know, I'm talking to even a lot of things uh, that if we could do a little differently, you, you, everybody probably would, coaches, players, everybody, you know, and that's a, as you look at it, uh, uh, but you get big games, margin for error is small, and it's easy to look back and say, boy, I would have liked to fix that, like to fix this for us. You know, I mean, key stats to me, again, no turnovers in the game, which, you know, you really would have liked to have created a turnover or two in the course of a game. Couple mistakes, you know, some really some negative yardage plays offensively. I thought really set us back at times to get us off schedule and uh, hard to do that coming back. Uh, and then you know on third down, you know we didn't get off the field on third down. You know you you figure a team like that you're gonna let them drive and eventually stop them in the red zone in the end. And we did that for for most of the night. But uh, third down third down defense was uh, was a big one for us. So. That was UF coach Dan Mullen discussing Florida's 20-17 loss to the Bulldogs on Saturday. What's up, Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked on Gators. Tough one for the Gators in Jacksonville over the weekend. They've now lost three straight to UGA, and the Bulldogs put themselves in the driver's seat to go to Atlanta. On today's show, we will recap our five keys to the game in the first segment. In the second segment, I'll take out my report card and grade the Gators. And in the final segment, we'll bring you some postgame comments from UF coach Dan Mullen and Florida defensive end Jonathan Grenard. But let's start this with our keys to the game. And the first thing for the Gators on Saturday was starting the game on a strong note. And that did not happen in Jacksonville. Florida got the ball first to start the game. And they had a pretty successful drive going. They got into UGA territory. But then they get a false start on tight end Deontay Lang. That sets them back. It looked like they had moved the chains on third down, but they reviewed the play. Florida decided to go for it on fourth and one from the 40-yard line, and they don't convert. Georgia then gets the ball, and they march right down the field on their opening possession. Florida's defense was able to get one of their few stops on third down and force UGA into a field goal. But then the Gators had to punt on their next two possessions while Georgia went on to score a touchdown in the first quarter and take a 10-0 lead. So they were up the entire game, put Florida in a hole. They didn't get on the scoreboard until the end of the first half. And I think the most concerning thing about the way UF started the game was that Dan Mullen had to burn two timeouts on Florida's opening drive because the offense couldn't get lined up right. Those are mistakes that you typically don't see from a unit when they're coming off of a bye week and they have their scripted plays. So that was not the strong start that Florida was looking for on Saturday. Our second key to the game was Kyle Trask having success against UGA secondary, and Florida was able to check this box. The Bulldogs came into this game with one of the top pass defenses in the nation, but Kyle Trask was able to do his thing. He hit some big passes through the air, several explosive plays that were over 20 yards, and most importantly, he didn't turn the ball over. He got pressured at times, took some sacks, but made sure that he hung on to it and he didn't throw any interceptions. And then in the second half, when the Gators absolutely had to have it on offense, he was able to put together two touchdown drives in the fourth quarter to give the Gators a chance to rally and come back in the game. So credit to Kyle Trask. He did a really good job going up against this UGA defense. The Gators just got off to a slow start offensively. They couldn't run the ball, and Trask's defense did not help him out in this contest. Our third key for Saturday's matchup was to make plays in the ground game. And as we just mentioned, that did not happen for the Gators. They had just 21 yards rushing on 19 carries, could do absolutely nothing on the ground. And Dan Mullen admittedly said after the game that they didn't call many run plays. 
they got behind early and he felt like in order for them to come back, they were going to have to throw the ball. And that's got to be frustrating for LaMichael P. Ryan because he actually did a pretty decent job with his opportunities when they came. But Dan Mullen and his offensive staff just basically abandoned the run in this game. He must have felt after the first few series that the Gators were not going to have success in this department against UGA's run defense, which came into this matchup ranked number five nationally. I mentioned on Friday that maybe Mullen would involve Kadarius Toney or Emory Jones more in the run game to get some production there. But both of those guys just had one carry, and we didn't see them the rest of the way. The fourth key to the game was going on the other side of the ball and stopping the run against Georgia's DeAndre Swift. And credit to Florida's defense, because I thought that for the most part, they did a good job of this Saturday. Now, obviously, he had some big runs, including the 30-yarder at the end of the first half. And he also had the 37-yard touchdown run that got negated because of a holding call. But outside of those big plays, I thought Florida's defense did a good job containing him, especially early in the game. Florida shut him down on Georgia's first few drives. And at one point, he had negative yards rushing. But he was able to get it going before the half was over. And then he made some big runs for UGA in the second half. But for Florida to hold him to under 100 yards rushing after what he did to them last year and what he had done in some other games this season, I thought that that was a job well done. But one box that they weren't able to check was the fifth and final one, and that was forcing UGA to beat them with the pass. It played out that way on Saturday, and quarterback Jake Fromm was able to deliver for the Georgia Bulldogs against Florida Secondary. Had a huge day through the air, bounced back from his awful performances against South Carolina and Kentucky. Got close to 300 yards passing, threw for a pair of touchdowns, but most importantly, came up huge for Georgia on third down. That was obviously the story of the game as UGA converts 12 of their 18 third down attempts. That's the most that they've had against a ranked opponent since the 2014 Belk Bowl when they played against the Louisville Cardinals who had Todd Grantham as their defensive coordinator at the time. So that's two really tough outings for him against his former team. And you gotta give Jake Fromm props. A lot of people were questioning his ability coming into this game, but he was able to silence those critics and come up big once again for UGA in this rivalry game. And Fromm just had all day to throw against the Gators. They didn't get any pressure on him, didn't sack him once, and that did not help their cause. When we come back from this first break, I'll take out my report card and grade Florida's performance over UGA. You're listening to Locked on Gators, your team every day. Welcome back into the show. It's time to grade Florida's performance over UGA. And we start, as we always do, with the quarterback position. And an A-minus performance from Kyle Trask. He finishes 21 of 33 for 257 yards and two touchdowns. UF now has eight games of 250-plus passing yards for the first time since 2007. And Kyle Trask made some big plays in this game. The two passes to Kyle Pitts in the first half that went for 24 yards and 29 yards. Then the play after the 29-yarder to Pitts, Kyle Trask hit Freddie Swain for a 23-yard reception. In the third quarter, he had that great pass to Trevon Grimes along the sideline where he was able to get his foot in bounds and come down with a 27-yard reception. But probably Trask's most impressive throw in the game when the Gators had to have it was when he was able to evade pressure, roll out of the pocket, and throw a strike to Van Jefferson for a 23-yard touchdown. That brought the Gators within six points and gave them a chance to take the lead if their defense could have gotten a stop. That didn't happen, and Georgia went back up by two scores, and then Kyle Trask took the offense on a 17-play 75-yard touchdown drive that was capped off with his two-yard touchdown pass to Freddie Swain. So a huge fourth quarter from Kyle Trask. Once again, he did all he could to bring the Gators back in this game. 
He just didn't get enough help from the other side of the ball, and he also didn't get enough help from his run game. I gave the running backs a D grade in this game. LaMichael P. Ryan finishes with just 31 yards on seven carries. He averaged 4.4 yards per touch, but he just didn't get enough opportunities in this game. He did have some big runs on Florida's first drive of the game and its last drive of the game, but it just wasn't enough to affect the outcome. Damian Pierce has just three carries for 11 yards. And as we mentioned in the first segment, just one carry for Emory Jones on the ground, as well as Kadarius Toney. Malik Davis has basically disappeared from the rotation, and the Gators got nowhere near enough from their ground game on Saturday. 21 yards is not going to cut it against UGA. The wide receivers and tight ends both get A-minus grades for their performances. A big day from Freddie Swain. He catches eight passes for 91 yards and a touchdown. Trevon Grimes and Van Jefferson both caught two balls for 31 yards. And Tyree Cleveland and Josh Hammond made some catches as well. Another big day for tight end Kyle Pitts. He has four catches for 78 yards in this game. Was huge for Florida on the opening drive, but that got set back with Dante Lang's false start penalty. That knocks the grade down a little bit, as well as Pitts and some of the other receivers dropping some passes on the day. But for the most part, those guys played their role and made some big catches from Kyle Trask. Moving to the offensive line and a C grade for that group, more of the same with what we've seen from them this season. They do a really good job in pass protection. They gave Kyle Trask time to throw the ball, only allowed two sacks in the game. But when it came time to run the ball, Florida was not able to open up the holes enough for Damian Pierce and LaMichael P. Ryan causing the coaching staff to abandon the run along with the deficit that they were facing. There were times in the game where you could see Georgia's front just absolutely blow up the line of scrimmage and push forward as linemen back. The Gators had to make some changes with their starting lineup, and it just wasn't a consistent enough performance that they needed to get the win on Saturday. Nor was it from Florida's defensive line. I gave those guys a C-minus performance in this game. The only thing that kept it from being a D was how they were able to defend the run. They came out and had a really strong start. You saw them wrapping up DeAndre Swift. Jabari Zuniga got in the backfield for a tackle for loss. And you kind of thought in that first quarter, man, these guys came to play today. But as the game went on, DeAndre Swift was able to find some success on the ground. But most importantly, Florida's defensive line was not able to generate any pass rush whatsoever. Jake Fromm had all day to throw and then he had that one play where he was able to scramble around and somehow find his way out of the pile and gain some yards. You could see after that play how frustrated Jonathan Grenard was not being able to make that sack and after the game he was real critical of his performance despite leading Florida with nine tackles. He said after the game quote I was asked today and he did not like that Jake Fromm had all day to throw and wasn't brought down for a sack. You can listen to that post-game interview in the final segment. One positive was defensive tackle TJ Slayton, who continues to come along and set a new career high on Saturday with six tackles. Moving to the linebackers and a C performance from that group, David Reese II once again had a solid day. He only finished with six tackles in this game, but the real issue was Ventrell Miller. Just another awful day for him at the office. He was in position on several plays to make tackles and bring down DeAndre Swift, and he just wasn't able to get it done. And he has just really struggled this season, whiffing on tackles, missing assignments, and not being in his gaps the way that he's supposed to. The problem for the Gators is they don't have many other options at linebacker, but he continues to be a liability for the Gators on defense, especially in the run game. But Miller wasn't the only one who missed tackles on Saturday as we moved to the secondary and a D performance from that group. Just a really tough day for Florida's defensive backs 
and no one had it harder than Marco Wilson. He had an opportunity to make a few big plays in this game and wasn't able to make the tackle. He was right there at the goal line to make a tackle on one of Georgia's touchdowns, and he wasn't able to make the stop. And then there was another play where he had a chance to bring down DeAndre Swift and got stiff-armed to the ground, but he wasn't the only defensive back that missed tackles. You saw it happen to Sean Davis, Brad Stewart, and Juwan Taylor, and the safeties really, really struggled in this game on that 52-yard touchdown pass by Cager. That was supposed to be Sean Davis, who was in coverage. He totally blew the assignment and left Cager wide open. The play before that, he got in there on the backfield and had a chance to make the tackle on third and one. Brad Stewart had a chance to make a play on a screen pass, but he didn't close in fast enough and make the tackle. Georgia was able to pick up eight yards on the play, and then the following snap, they convert the third and seven with the 22-yard catch by their tight end, and Stewart was in coverage on that pass, had a chance to break up the ball, but he just couldn't get it done, and the game was over right then and there. When we come back from this last break, we'll bring you some post-game comments from Florida coach Dan Mullen and defensive end Jonathan Grenard. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked On Gators, your team every day. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Florida fans, if you're making your way to Gainesville this fall for UF home games or you're just a sports junkie like me, then I've got the perfect place for you. The Mealy Pop Shop, located off I-75 on 39th Avenue, is your one-stop shop for sports cards, memorabilia, autographs, gaming, and collectibles. I've been able to load up on my Michael Jordan cards since the shop opened last year. They have college and NFL games on in the store every weekend and a bunch of cool events, sometimes featuring former Gator players like Percy Harvin. Their NFL weekly pick em is free and fun with weekly prizes and a season-long prize so check out the mealy pop shop at 3700 northwest 91st street gainesville florida or call at 352-204-5573 welcome back into the show as you can imagine dan Malone was not happy after the game he's now lost two straight to uga and the gators are three and three against ap top teams since he took over. A win on Saturday would have put the Gators in the conversation among college football's elite. Instead, they go back to the drawing board, still trying to get over the hump against Georgia. This game is always used as a measuring stick between the two programs. And as Mullen said on Saturday, right now Georgia is seven points better than Florida as a program. Well, I mean, you can go in every direction you want to go, right? I mean, right, we had a missed tackle. Uh, they got helped out a couple times, uh, you know, missed coverage. Um, we called a lot of different defenses. I mean, like I just said, there's a lot of different answers for why they were good on third down. You know, they're not one thing. There's a lot of different ones. And, you know, we tried. We mixed up different looks. Uh, you know, like I said, they, I mean, you're, it, those are 18 third downs. So each one of them is going to be pretty independent, to be honest with you. Had to burn two timeouts on the first drive. Yeah. And you had to burn another one late. Yeah, just we had the wrong personnel on the field. The first, the first two drives, we had the, the, you know, two different things. One, we had the wrong personnel on the field uh, for the play call. Uh, ten men. Yeah. yeah, we had the ten men on the field, and the and then the, the uh, you know we didn't get lined up right. I got one, I got in late, and the other one, and then the one in the fourth quarter, we just I, I think they they signaled the wrong formation in, and the guy receivers wasn't lined up, and at that point it was too too big a point in the game to not use the timeout, make sure we get the first time. I mean, that's that's stuff, like I said, there's all little things you can point out. That's a very manageable situation right there, right? I mean, that's us signaling in the formation and getting lined up right. What's the message to the team 
Well, I mean, the Memphis team is there's an awful lot to still play for. Like I said, I mean, there's uh, a lot of football still left. We we got three more games uh, to go play in a bye week. Uh, we've qualified for a bowl game, so we'll get that extra. How good that is, we'll see. You know, the East still hasn't been decided. They're still. Uh, like I said, a bunch of, of, of football, you know, unfortunately, we don't control our destiny anymore, which, you know, is frustrating uh, for us. But, you know, we'll see, you know, the ad ad adversity uh, to me, you know, I mean, your character is tested. This, this is when we, we see if we have character as a team, you know, we, you, your, our character wasn't really shown like out there on the field. That doesn't define what your character is out there on the field. We we're going to come play. We we're going to play hard for 60 minutes. We did that, right? We did some really good things. We made some mistakes. We all can work to get better. Your character is defined on what you're doing in response to that. Are we as coaches working to get, make sure we're, we're doing a better job as coaches? Are we as players making sure we're working? Working to be better as players, are we maximizing the effort we give every single day and what we're doing to best develop ourselves? That's your test of character, and and so you know that's what that's what's ahead of us as a team as we get to see in, in individuals. You get to, it, it's you know it's a great check of where our character is going to be over these next three games and what type of team how we're going to finish this up. How close do you feel Florida is to reaching their level as a program? Seven points. Seven points behind Georgia. I know that. And now here's the comments from Florida defensive end Jonathan Grenard. As we mentioned earlier, he was really critical of his performance despite leading the team with nine tackles, but he was not happy with the play of his defensive unit against the Bulldogs. What do you attribute all their third down success to? Uh, you know, good route running, you know, good play calling, you know, it has some really good O line, you know. I gotta do better. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't ineffective today. Um wasn't my I mean, no excuses. I didn't get to the quarterback as much as I needed to. I didn't affect the game as much as I needed to. Um, so, I mean, I said as weakness, things we can claim as a whole defense, but me, I just take pride in just uh, making being a game changer. That's what the top offs try to get. Um, I got to be better. Um, I didn't do nothing today. I was as, a, as a unit, when you guys are giving up third down after third down, how tough is that on the sideline when you guys are? It's tough for me. You're right there. I mean, if we get off the field, the game changes a lot. You know, when you stay on the field, you get tired and get their, 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 the, the rhythm. Run plays that he wants to get us tired, and you know uh, that's when stuff happens, when mistakes happen, and that's when they get you. John, early on, the, uh, the pass down inside the ten that I guess got reviewed, and then mm -hmm. they called the call on the field stood. How deflating was that for you guys? I mean, like I said, we got to put the fire out in this situation. You know, it is like you said, it's definitely deflating. But at the end of the day, we got to go play whether it was called right or I mean, it was a complete or incomplete, whatever it was. We just got to go play. Um, but overall, like I said, we just got to keep playing. Did it hurt not having Jabari at full go today? Uh, I mean, you can say that. You can say that not. Like overall, that we had guys got to step up and make plays. You know, like I said, uh, everybody. Uh, I, I think everybody. We could have did at least one thing better today, and that's the whole mindset that you know we didn't. That's the feeling we didn't want to have coming after this game. So, um, like I said, credit to them. Uh, we just gotta. We gotta be better than that. Um, like I said, I, I was. I was terrible. I was. I was asked today. So, um, no excuse. Um, but believe me, I'm gonna get back right. We gotta be better. Going back to the third downs. Do you feel like the majority of them were on you guys as players? Do you feel like some of the play calls weren't as, as great? Or, or do you give Georgia some credit on some of those plays? Yeah, I definitely give Georgia credit. I mean, we're right there. If you look at all the plays, guys are right there. It's just a matter of making that play. So, um, like I said, credit to them. They got some ball players, you know, really good system over there, really good play calling. So, um, hats off to them. So, as players, you feel like it was on maybe you guys more so than yeah, Grantham? Yeah, no, it was definitely on us. That'll do it for the latest edition of Locked On Gators. On today's show, we recapped our five keys to the game, took out our report card, and graded Florida's performance over the Gators. 
and brought you some post-game comments from Mullen and Grenard. On tomorrow's show, we'll continue to break down this Florida-Georgia game, look at where the Gators now stand in the SEC East, and we'll also talk about what's going on in Tallahassee as Florida State is looking for a new head coach after firing Willie Taggart. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked On Gators, your team every day.